0: Thank you for joining me as I wrap up three insane things that happened this week and one of them is really good. We'll start with the numbers. Last week, in a statement that would have been widely reported had it been directed toward Donald Trump, the CEO of Gallup, we covered this on the podcast said something extraordinary that according to his polling of Haiti, Central and South America that he expected 42 million. Illegal immigrants, or migrants as they call them now, to make their way to America. And he asked Joe Biden if he realized the numbers were this high, they got them from their polling, and if he had a plan to stop them or deal with them. His blog post on it, extraordinarily brave for a CEO, met no response from the Biden administration. And now with the numbers coming out, you can see the flood begin. Record numbers, CNN reporting, so it might be true. We always have to add that when we're talking about CNN, CNN reporting that the U.S. is on track to encounter a record. Are you ready for this? Two million migrants on the southern border by September. Y'all, Joe's only been office since January 20th. Two million by September. That is double The previous record for an entire year set by Bush, the original open borders opportunist back in 2006. It's a staggering number, just as staggering the number of illegal immigrant youths who will be in custody. Are you ready for this? Take a listen from Griff Jenkins on Fox News. Fox News
1: is also confirming with CBP that they project as many as 184,000 unaccompanied children could cross the border in fiscal year 2021 for context. Important to note that's a projection, but if you see there by comparison, if the estimate is correct, it would be the highest on record and more than twice the 76,000 in 2019. Now, currently, HHS and uh, CBP
0: have about 18,100. 70 children in custody. That's staggering and as planned. They are there because of an absolutely cruel policy and policy announcement that was doubled down on this last week. You got a seven year old or under with you, any seven year old, and you're an adult, it's your get out of jail freak ticket, your ticket into the U.S. They will not stop your what they call family group. What's so terrifying about this is we don't test. We have no idea if these families we're releasing are actually blood relatives of these kids, the sex traffickers bringing these kids in to prostitute them, cartel members, somebody who bought or kidnapped them in Mexico to use them as a human ticket to get into the country. This could stop at any moment if the media would honestly report why it is these kids are stacking up at the border because they're being used as human chattel. But they won't, so it'll continue all the way up to more than 200,000 of these poor children in custody. Here's another shocking number from the UK Daily Mail this week, six. The number of people, including two children, who drowned in the Rio Grande this week. This week. That'd be, mean we'd be on track for 24 drownings in the Rio Grande this month. And at that rate, a shocking 288 drownings. In the coming year, that number did not include, thank God, the six month old hurled into the deepest part of the river on purpose by the cartel thug trying to distract Border Patrol so he could get away. Thankfully, we recovered that child and another immigrant on the same raft who later told the Customs and Border Patrol the cartel had, quote, broken her leg. This was deliberate, by the way, unquote. Just another week of death. And human suffering in Biden's border voter drive. You know what's extraordinary? Remember that those pictures of Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez? And she's wearing white. She got tears running down her face. And she's gripping the fence like she's trying to rip it down to get to what turns out to be a facility with no immigrants into in it. Well, now we got bodies, y'all. We've even got video of one of the teenagers drowning in the rear grand. It's heartbreaking. And where is AOC? Where the tears? You won't get any tears from Jen's Circle back, Saki. That's for sure. When confronted by Fox News reporter Peter Ducey this week about the toddlers tossed over the 14-foot wall with an with a question, "Hey, you know, are you gonna do anything to secure the border to stop this?" She didn't offer anything. They're gonna do because they're not going to. Here's how that sounded this week:
1: For a smuggler to throw them over a wall into the desert, and I'm just curious what. The White House is doing.
0: Are you concerned more about the kids' safety or are you concerned about kids getting in? Kids' safety. Well, of course it is, which is why I'm often surprised by some of the line of questioning here. But that wasn't the first shocking revelation from Circleback this week. No, not at all. Circleback had to explain why, since Kamala Ice is like the KKK, Harris had been designated as the person to handle the border debacle, well, you know, Joe said she was the best one he knew to handle it. Why, there were absolutely no immigration-related meetings of any kind on her schedule and no immigration-related travel of any kind on her schedule. Circleback explained it this way. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's not going to actually do anything about the border. She's just going to talk to people from other countries to see if we could send them some money to fix their problems. So maybe someday, decades from now, they won't come. In other words, the Biden administration is digging in. There will be no response from them on the border, not even after it was reported by the UK Daily Mail that the facilities down there range from 700 percent beyond legal capacity. Think fire department regulations to over a thousand percent beyond legal capacity, all of which caused Senator Ted Cruz to damn near lose his mind.
1: These are the Biden cages. For four years, we heard Democrats in the media screaming about kids in cages under Donald Trump. What they didn't admit is Barack Obama built the cages, and Joe Biden is building new cages, and they're bigger and they're more full. Kids were packed in there. If you had any facility that takes care of kids, that that was even a fraction of what the Biden administration has set up, you'd be shut down. The public health authorities would go after you. You would be fined. You might even be prosecuted. You know, these, these cages that the kids were in, they weren't six feet apart. They weren't three feet apart. They weren't even six inches apart. They were literally lying on the floor.
0: Hmm. Sure wonder where Biden's going to put the rest of the $42 million when they arrive. I don't know. I don't think he has a plan. And by the way, that wasn't the most insane thing. That happened this week. That's next. Republican House leadership member Steve Scalise nailed this about China. Essentially, Joe Biden has written an infrastructure plan that is an incentive to move businesses to China. Why? Because we will now have the highest combined corporate tax rate in the industrialized world. Even companies that don't want to move to China, particularly manufacturers, won't have any choice at this point about leaving the United States because their margins are so thin, their profit margins, that with China now having a multi-point tax advantage over the U.S. Think about this, folks. Corporate taxes lower in communist China if this passes. Pray it doesn't. I'm thinking it's going to be hard for them to get every Democrat in the Senate to fall in line, but this gives you an idea of the Biden administration's thinking. Pray to God they can't get those votes. Why? Because as the Wall Street Journal writes this morning, by the way, China's corporate rate is just shy of 25 percent compared with the combined 32.4 percent U.S. federal and state rate if Mr. Biden's proposal becomes law. It's jaw-dropping. Here's Steve Scalise speaking to Breitbart.
1: The world average is 21 percent. Other countries have tax rates, too. It's just that their tax rates are a lot lower when when China is going to be a, a cheaper place to do business in terms of tax policy and regulatory policy than the United States, uh, that's when you start losing middle class jobs. I don't want to see that happen. I don't think most people do, but that's where we'll go if we have this massive tax increase uh, and job killing bill, all disguised as infrastructure.
0: Sadly, we don't even get much for this spending because, as Kevin McCarthy pointed out, he's the Republican minority leader. There are more subsidies for electric cars than roads and bridges combined in this bill. And to pay for it, we'll go to a higher corporate tax rate than China's, completely ending our manufacturing sector. I I don't know how it survives that. God, they must be dying laughing in China At our idiocy, which is essentially what Steve Scalise told Breitbart, because unlike America, China doesn't heavily regulate pollution, particularly not the kind factories produce when they're manufacturing stuff. Another huge draw for American factories to move there, pay the lower corporate tax rate and get away with very little regulation. Quite frankly, why you'd stay here, I have no idea. Scalise doesn't either.
1: Uh, We looked at it. Congressman, and in fact, the the corporate tax rates will be lower for a lot of American businesses to move to China. It'll actually they'll be saving on the tax rate if they move to China now with this new proposal. If this becomes law, we're literally asking for companies to leave and go to China now. Yeah, and, you know, China is already getting an advantage over us when uh, you see President Biden going back into the Paris Accord and uh, pushing the Green New Deal uh, where they they have this mythical uh, concern about carbon emissions, yet they're running jobs out of America to places where they emit more carbon. You know, and, and, and again, this is this is psychotic policy. But but they're not even uh, they're not even being honest with people when they say you know if you don't build the Keystone Pipeline, the oil's still coming out of the ground in Canada. It's just being put on tankers and shipped overseas to countries to refine it where they don't have good standards like we do. Oil in the Northeast is coming from Russia and. Saudi Arabia now where they emit more carbon to make the same oil uh, and so people I know that the, the left loves beating up on America but America's actually got some of the highest standards in the world and when you run these jobs out of America they're gonna be made Steel's gonna be made somewhere it's just gonna be made in China or India where they emit five times more carbon so you're gonna actually put more carbon in the atmosphere for the folks that think man's destroying the earth these policies that are probably written by China, because China benefits the most, as you point out, uh, are going to send more jobs to China and emit more carbon in the atmosphere. Uh, how, how would anybody in America come up with a policy that's stupid?
0: Coming up next, a great insane thing that happened this week that I can't wait to report. A lot of you ask me regularly, Tara, you're good at laying out the problems, but what do we do? The founding fathers already told us. I want you to picture something. Because it's quite possible this actually happens. Picture a group of functionally insane people. A death cult, as Tucker Carlson called the Democrat Congress. Picture them making insane law after insane law. Everyone more unconstitutional than the last. And they print them out on pieces of paper. And then you have stacks and stacks of paper that no one takes seriously. And everyone ignores. That states merely laugh at. Then picture more reams of paper. The rulings upholding these insane and unconstitutional laws printed out from an insane and unconstitutional Supreme Court, which has upheld so many things that Congress does but has no constitutional right to do. Picture reams and reams of paper from the court, not even read by governors of states who laugh at them. See, the thing is, folks, about the federal government It doesn't have to be scary. It was never meant to be. It was only ever supposed to be an extremely weak central government. The number of things it's only able to do you can count on one hand. Its power is like the tooth fairy, purely imaginary, only as long as we buy in. What we need to do is what our founders told us to do, to nullify it all, to simply say, we won't do it, come down and make us. And they can't they'd be hard-pressed to make us do just one thing, never mind a bunch more. And so I hold my breath watching around the country. Somebody's got to go first. Now, technically, we already have. In my state of South Carolina this week, they're debating p- passing a medical marijuana law, legalizing medical marijuana. We're one of just 14 states left that haven't. That's a classic nullification. Marijuana is legal under federal law. This is a good law for them to practice on. Once you nullify once, it becomes easier to do it again. And that brings us to the good insane news this week from Anchorage, Alaska. Governor Mike Dunleavy of Alaska has informed the federal government this needs to happen all over the country in red states. That he's finally asserting the state's rights to control its waterways, its submerged lands under navigable lakes and rivers. And He's told the federal government to get out of Dodge. There is no constitutional authority whatsoever for the federal government to be regulating these waters. None. The Departments of the Interior and Agriculture have no right to be issuing permits or anything else on them. In fact, they shouldn't even be there if the, if the governor doesn't want them there. And he just issued, issued a warning. I don't want you here. Leave. It's awesome. His position... The Anchorage Daily News reports has huge implications for commercial guiding permits, wilderness access and construction along those waterways. Left unsaid is this. Do you know what's under a lot of these waterways in Alaska? Energy, oil and natural gas. Which the federal government also has absolutely no constitutional right or authority to manage. Only states have that. Remember how the 10th Amendment works. If it's not specifically given as a power to the federal government, it bounces back to the states. Dunleavy pointed that out as he made his statement. Somebody's got to go first, folks. He told federal agencies to, quote, stop bothering Alaskans on the rivers. Natural Resources Commissioner Corey Feege piled on, saying, quote, as of today, the state is informing the departments of Interior and Agriculture that Alaska is managing the navigable waters and submerged lands and federal conservation units statewide. Now, they have not yet claimed the right to manage the natural resources, i.e. oil and natural gas, underneath them. But he's setting the stage to do that by taking back the rivers. Folks, this is so powerful, it gives me chills. She even went on to explain how the state will convert individual federal permits to state permits, And I kind of the federal government's not going to be managing this land anymore. Quote, she said, if while you are on this, this, you know, on the river this summer, you witness or experience any instances of federal overreach. If you are ticketed, cited or threatened with the same, we want to know. We want you to contact us and provide the details. Folks, this is exactly what the founders wanted us to do. If it is unconstitutional, simply ignore it. If federal officials challenge you, you are then in the right defending your territory. They have no right to be there. This, this is state rule. It's what was intended. States with most of the power and the federal government with almost none. For details on how this will work, if you want to go in depth, you can go back and listen to my Wednesday, March 24th podcast called You've Never Truly Lived Free, But You Could about how governors could easily end all of this. This is the only way forward, folks. We're not going to get our country back at the ballot box. But we can take it back this way. It is the way we will be morally justified. Now, the Alaskan governor basically alluded to the fact at the press conference that he expects to be sued. That's the second part of this. Our school systems and our culture has... Inaccurately and unfairly built the Supreme Court up to be the finer, final arbiter of all things in this country. It was actually supposed to be a very powerless, toothless branch of government that was only really ever supposed to interpret laws as passed by Congress. And if Congress didn't like that interpretation, they could then pass another law overruling the Supreme Court. It is not a co equal branch, it is the weakest of the three. That is how it was taught all the way up through the 1960s when liberals invented the myth that the Supreme Court was somehow the final arbiter. What does this mean? The courts will rule against Governor Dunleavy, just like they'll rule against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who I wonder if he heard or heard about or his staff heard my Battleground podcast last week about how the federal government does not have any authority whatsoever in the Constitution to do immigration enforcement that lies solely with the governors in the states. They need simply ignore the federal government and begin deporting illegals. That's it. If Governor Abbott would like to finish constructing the wall, he can simply pick up the pieces of the wall and go for it. Biden has no right to say. Sadly, Trump actually didn't have the right to build that wall either. So uh, DeSantis has been hinting this week down in Georgia that I'm sorry, in Florida, that he is exploring his options for doing immigration enforcement. Somebody's got to go first. So what's going to happen in Alaska and probably in in Florida, too, um, is that they will get sued by federal entities. And the courts will rule that these departments have the right to do that. They do not. Just because Congress passes unconstitutional laws does not mean that Alaska doesn't have these rights. So what does this mean? We're going to have to learn to nullify, not Just the dictates and laws passed unconstitutionally by Congress and the president. We will have to begin to nullify Supreme Court rulings when they are unconstitutional. Just like the immigration ruling in 1885 for the first time giving the federal government power to regulate immigration. Upholding a congressional law, and I explained this in the other podcast, that was itself unconstitutional as Congress even admitted It had no authority to do immigration enforcement. It just wanted to provide money to the states to do it. So we must learn again. We must remember the way we lived the first 100 years of our republic. We must be willing to take back our land, take back our natural resources, nullify these laws, and to take back state power. We can fix this problem very quickly. And the beauty of it is, folks, I'll leave you with this thought. As it happens, we'll end up back where we were in the beginning of this segment of the podcast with a mad, deranged, demented death cult of a Congress passing bizarre law after bizarre law. Stacks of papers stacking up that no one reads because they have become irrelevant. That's right. The federal government could become irrelevant. The only thing keeping it relevant are block grants, the money that goes back to the states to indice, induce them to do something. But as I've covered in previous podcasts, the federal government is well on its way to going broke. They better watch that because they don't have any other power. Any day now, somebody's going to follow Dunleavy and someone else and someone else. In fact, real quickly, South Dakota and North Dakota are still mulling laws that would bar the federal government from regulating drilling in their state regulating natural resources they will drill and they will put it in pipelines and they will do with it what they damn well please federal government has no right to regulate that they never did that's a state authority and so you're seeing the beginnings of this pray god it happens fast enough thank you for listening to the battleground america podcast please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family everywhere
1: Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.